Coming up on today's show, it is our 300th episode. This is Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to Traveling with the Mouse. I am your host for this week. My name is John, and as I mentioned, it's episode number 300. I am joined by my esteemed colleagues. First, we have Adam. What's up, everybody? And Jason. Hello, and welcome to 300 episodes. How many episodes have I been here for, though? I haven't been here for That's all 300. Good question. Let's see. At least 100 of them, probably. You think a hundred? You want me to find out? I'll get back to you later in the show with that. Okay. See, I okay. figured. I, f- I figured when we went to once a week, I mean, we that means we only started doing fifty-two in a year, right? Roughly. So, well, and we missed, we've missed a few weeks in the COVID era. Yeah. Well, so, Jason I mean, missed a few weeks, but John and I did several in a row without Jason this in twenty twenty. Yeah. So I haven't been here few. for all of them. I, you know. But I'm happy to be here for three hundred. Is this our tricentennial? Is that what we'd call it? Sure. <laughs> tricentennial. Because we try every week to be entertaining. We do. We try. We try, we try very hard. And yeah. So if you are enjoying what you hear from us, I mean, it would be good for you to go and give us a review on whatever method you use to listen to us. Spotify, iTunes, Google. I think iTunes is probably the most common one where you can do that people look at reviews. So I think we're on Stitcher. (laughs) We're on a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much wherever you can get a podcast, right? Yeah. And if we're not, let us know, and I'll make sure we are. Right. How would somebody be listening to this if we're not on their podcast? (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) Details. Also, the thing is, is if you're not using one of the ones we just listed, what other podcast network is there? And... What's so great about it? Please let me know because I yeah. want to know <laughs> why there's You're no not listening podcast. to us right now. So I have the answer to that trivia question. Jason's first episode was episode 192. Oh. And it was, was March fast. 4th, 2019. So he's been here over 100 episodes. Just mm-hmm. barely. Although, based, yeah, it's probably been 100 episodes at least. So. Well... I, I, I'm going to say, I wasn't factoring in. He's been available for 108, apparently, right? So, yeah. But he mm-hmm. did miss a few. So it's probably, you were probably right with 100. I mean, I'd say probably you probably right missed an average of eight. Yeah. Good guess. So those of you who may want to know, it's episode 192, March 4th, 2019. The uh, title of the episode is The Strategy for Riding Every Ride in One Day. And the description huh. says, Today on the show, we welcome our first guest, Mr. Jason... That would be a funny episode to go back and listen to because <laughs> our strategy in that episode is horrendous. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. it changed just a little bit <laughs> over time. That would be a fun one to go back to. Maybe in a month from now we'll revisit that and I'll put together some clips to uh, make fun of. If you want to see just how well this show has evolved or devolved, you know, depending on your opinion, go back to the beginning, actually. <laughs> Yeah. And start listening to those. <laughs> right. Well, you know what else is funny about this episode? I remember talking about it now was our post-run celebration or Drowning Our Sorrows, we said was going to be at Trader Sam's, which if anyone's done a run, you know that the only thing you can do 
was like Casey's and you just want to <laughs> collapse. That's all you want to do. You don't want to go celebrate and have drinks after yeah, the challenge. There was one time we were done and I remember that Kent was like, you guys want to go off property and get a drink? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just having a, I'm having a hot dog at Casey's. <laughs> yeah. And a, like three bottles of water. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> With at least like four Advil probably. I don't know. The alcohol might have numbed you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with ending at Magic Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, the time I completed, I finished at Epcot, and I was able to uh, see Kendall and Matt and Kristen, and I was able to get a margarita there before I left because there's still time left on the clock, so it was still open. Yeah. Speaking of Kent and Kendall, our yeah. thoughts and prayers are with them right now because they did lose a family member. I don't want to go too much into it without their permission, so to speak, but we're just thinking about them. So. Yeah, our, our condolences for sure are with them yeah. and thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard to lose a family member, and I know we mostly all know each other virtually through right. this crazy thing we talk about with Disney and challenges, but it does exactly. feel like a, a family, and it's really heartbreaking to see, and so we're really praying for, for both of them. Yeah. If you're listening, just let us know how we can help, guys. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're having a bit of a contest, and Adam, why don't you explain what you put out there on the... On the interwebs? Yeah, on the page. So we have a website that is called <laughs> TravelingWithTheMouse.com. If you go to TravelingWithTheMouse.com slash giveaway, we have a form that you can enter, which is just to get your information so that we can send you a uh, shirt design of your choice of either the you know we have two designs right now and your size of course so we can send you the correct size but we're going to send a lucky person <laughs> some uh traveling with the mouse swag yeah yeah and i think we decided we're going to open the contest up for over the next couple of weeks yeah then at the end of that we'll see what we've got and draw and Send it on to that person. We'll announce it on, I guess, two weeks from now. That, that episode it might even be. It might even be the three weeks from now episode if we have to wait and you know for two weeks for the contest. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated. And FYI, we won't sell any of your information. We just use it to uh, ship your item, and that's it. Right. If you if <laughs> if you care about getting the merchandise at all, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. That's all it's for. <laughs> Did you get the box to check if they have a Club Thirty Three membership? Because uh, I can add that. I can definitely add that. So so we can know if they... Uh... <laughs> and add another box under that. If if yes, can we join you for dinner one night? Right. We are only going to deliver this shirt in person in the Club 33 lounge. Right. <laughs> and since we can't currently get in there, we need somebody who's already a member to let us in. So thank you. Yeah, that should work right there. So who's yeah. really getting who's really getting the prize in that case? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. John Stamos, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's anyway. Club 33, right? He's got to be. Right. And I'll take a moment. You, the merchandise that we're giving away, you can also, if you want to, find it for purchase, shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. Yeah. So you can go there. Really, you should just purchase your own and then give the other one to a friend if you win. If you win. I mean, right. you can't have too many. Of course. Right. Since shirts. there's two designs, you buy one design and then you get the other one. 
Well, do you giveaway. have so many colors too? So if you're That's going true. on a week long trip to Disney World, oh, you you're going to need at least seven traveling with the mouse shirts. <laughs> I guess I should uh, put color design too. I didn't think about that. I'll have to add yeah. that to the form. All right, I got my, I got some homework. Okay. Well, we've so far on the show we've learned that Adam <laughs> has work to do. Okay. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Why don't we get into a little bit of this news? Let's do. That. How about? Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover Refurbishment extended through February at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Even though they've seen them moving, apparently. Not with people moving. (laughs) Also crashing into one another. Yeah, that's been seen seen too. Yeah. I didn't really think that was a hard hit, though. I mean, it kind of looked like it, but it didn't sound like it. That's the thing. I would expect that to sound louder if they really hit hard. What do you guys think? (laughs) Maybe they were testing out new bumpers on them. Yeah. I mean, they've been testing it a good bit in the last couple of months. I know in the past there have been lawsuits about them crashing into each other, though, and guests complaining about whiplash or whatever it was, injuries sustained while the cars crashed into another. Right. So maybe they're testing a way to soften that impact, or they extended the refurbishment because they're continuing to crash into each other without fixing the issue. Have you ridden the people mover at Walt Disney World lately? Better call Saul. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I haven't seen the cone, though. I'm getting worried. Are we not going to see the cone anymore? Maybe the cone's actually on the track, and that's uh, (laughs) That's because after the accident. (laughs) It ran over the cone and got stuck. Yes. Was anybody surprised, though, that this was extended yet again? I'm not surprised. Nah. That's just the way it works nowadays. Boo. Boo. Speaking of tracks, you know, because the people mover has a track. There's a piece of track that's missing from Primeval World, you know, along with the cars. They've been missing for a little while now, but there's just one, like, small piece, apparently, that's missing. Why only take one piece? Take the whole thing down. Get rid of it. Yeah, I'm like, what's the deal here? Maybe they're auctioning it off one piece at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But still, it's just odd for an attraction. I mean, it's pretty obvious this one's not coming back, right? They've already said that. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone. It's done. So why wouldn't they have removed more of it by now? I mean, it I well, just doesn't make any sense. They don't have enough maintenance workers to handle these projects. Maybe that's what it is. They're actually removing it one piece at a time. Yeah, one piece a week. <laughs> so If they do it slow enough, you just won't even realize it's going anywhere. And then one day you'll walk in and be like, didn't there used to be a, right. a coaster there? Yep. Well, you know, this one close-up of the base of where that track was is very comforting the way it looks with all the the washers everywhere and everything. But I guess that's because they've already taken it off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just want to walk over to that part of the park and find a cast member and point at that missing track and go, well, there's your problem right there. (laughs) Right. That's why people got hurt on this ride. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe Joe Rohde asked for a piece of track when he retired. Yeah, it's Maybe that's on his it. wall, probably. Yeah, that's what it, it is. It could have been. His crowning achievement. <laughs> so we're flying through these stories, guys. This is going to be a record we, time. Uh, flying? Flying? Yeah, we're going to uh, fly. Walt Disney World guests vaccinated for COVID-19 must still wear a mask. I don't know. I know that's well, a shock. Jason's wife <laughs> still wore a mask, so. Yeah. Yeah. She's fully well, vaccinated. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one, uh-huh. it seems unlikely that, like, from the science of it, that you could spread it after you've been vaccinated, but it's not proven. The recommendation right now is to continue to wear a mask even after vaccinated because 
we're going to be really protected once an, a lot of people are vaccinated, and then we'll get to take all the masks off. Number two, right. it would be such a hassle to validate this. Yes. Right? Like, there's no way, because people just be like, yeah, I'm vaccinated. And, like, what are you going to do? Like, just ask for the vaccine card, but the vaccine card is not a photo ID, so, like, a vaccine card and a photo ID. Right. I mean, it's just like, well, there's yeah. no way to verify or validate this, and people would take advantage if you tried to do something where this wasn't recorded. But even if you were fully vaccinated walking around the park, every cast member would be like, "Pull your, put, where's your mask? Put a mask on. Every, all the guests would be reporting you, and you would have right. to explain it every five seconds. I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. They have a system in place already, and it seems to be effective. So why change that until things are back to normal? Yeah, I guess right. is the main thing. Unless they just hand you a giant badge that you have to wear all day that says, I'm vaccinated, you know, just wear a mask like everybody else. It's fine. <laughs> You've done it for a year. You could do, use the I'm celebrating pins. It's like, I'm <laughs> right. celebrating. I'm Vaccination. vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Second shot. They could just use those. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get it. And here we are, maybe later in the year, we're thinking sometime in the fall, perhaps there's going to be enough of a combination of people who are vaccinated and who have had it by that point that then maybe the the restrictions will be relaxed. Yeah. So well, a combination of the two. That's the hope. I'm not throwing away my Christmas-themed masks yet. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say throw them away anyway. But Yeah, well, I'm just saying. See, eventually it'll be just the opposite. Like you're go, you'll go there with a mask on and they'll be like, Pull that mask down. <laughs> I need to see who you are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It says face coverings are required for all guests to and up as it has always been. Please bring your own face covering, <coughs> wear them at all times, except when dining or swimming. So, yeah. And of course, Blizzard Beach, you know, has some opening dates now in March. And they did release what the criteria was going to be for the mask wearing there. If you were actively in the water or in the, you know, doing any of the uh, slides or anything that of course the mask was not required. But if you were in any of the other areas, the mask would be required. That makes sense. I won't be visiting anytime soon. I'll put it that way. But I saw some people like say in the pool areas, for instance, that did wear mm -hmm. masks, even in the pool area, but it was not required at all. Even if you weren't actively in the water. I mean, if you were just sitting over there, they didn't enforce it. So, except for the cast members, of course, were wearing them. But they never said anything about anyone, whether they're in the water or not. If you were in the pool area, you were pretty much... Oh, yeah. When I've been there, if you're, if you're hanging out at the pool, you don't have to wear a mask. If you leave yeah. to go get something at the pool bar, you wear a mask. Just about every resort's pool area is like Fort Knox now. I mean, as far as being gated and making sure that resort guests are uh, the only ones using it. In most cases, they, especially well, they they especially scanned magic all. bands at the yacht club when I stayed there, but they did not scan magic bands at Coronado Springs in January. I guess right, they just right. figured like, who's going to take the effort to drive into Coronado Springs <laughs> just to go to the pool? Yeah, it's not among the most popular pools either. So, right. but life hack right there: if you really want to go to a pool in January at Disney World and you're not staying there, they didn't check magic bands at Coronado Springs. So go right. enjoy. The only ones I really know they do are usually deluxe, and those are usually the more popular pools, too. Right. But Typically. I bet they aren't scanning at Pop Century or Art of Animation at either. Yeah. Although they I, weren't doing it at Caribbean Beach, so. Yeah, I think the only place I've ever been scanned is Stormalong Bay. So. Yeah. That's the only time I've ever been checked. Yeah. 
All right. 300 episodes. we got to do 300 uh, news stories for episode 300. So. Everything has to be 300. So Right. We've been through three, so 297 to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to be disappointed because there's not that many news stories. Not, oh, okay. not that I'm, I'm going to cover anyway. <laughs> this is yeah. my turn. I'm the host. We could anyway. play a game and we could, be, we could pretend to be Bob Chapek and name 300 pieces of IP we want to put in the park. Oof. He's probably got well over that. I think they're bringing out 300 new TV series on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. So let's move along. Uh, there's some Polynesian news to cover. Mm-hmm. The monorail platform is completely gone no now. Yeah. It is demolished. Looks weird, obviously. Especially when mm-hmm. there's just a door, like, two stories up that doesn't go anywhere, you know. Right, 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 yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they have it what well sealed off. Build? Do you think you like? There's going to be like a giant hey hey, and you just go straight into his mouth. Oh gosh! Or is it going to be a big Maui? Taka. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, it looks like they dug up the fountains and stuff in the front too, the ponds. So it's all going to be completely different now. What is it yeah. going to be like to be a DVC person staying at Polly right now? I mean, it's like a shell of a resort. That's yeah, probably really. why there's so many Polynesians available if you look at those dedicated reservations. There's a lot of Polynesian. Well, I mean, they actually still do have some rooms that they're selling cash because uh, I've seen yeah. it show up. I saw a and discounted room, too, uh, available, but it was still like 500 bucks a night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not coming off enough to entice anybody. 500 bucks <laughs> a night for a place with no monorail, Yep. basically no lobby. Only like one restaurant. Or two, maybe, places to eat. There's, there's no Ohana right now. Well, they know if they come off of it the price too much, there's no turning back, right? So, I don't know. I guess, but I mean, given the circumstances, I think people would understand if you... <laughs> I don't know. Kind of strange. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say, when, you, when Jason said no lobby, I mean, uh, apparently when they were doing some of the construction there, the construction crew broke a water main and yeah. closed... Kona. Basically, Kona, yeah, everything on the top floor. The public restrooms were closed. The pools were open. Pineapple and I was open. But there was a lot of stuff closed. I imagine they probably got a fair share of complaints. Matter yeah. of fact, they put, like, crime tape over the bathroom door. Like, I mean, <laughs> I wonder if somebody walked by there and thought something happened <laughs> other than just a water main breaking. <laughs> right. And it says heavy equipment striking the water main is likely to blame in this story at the time. I don't think we ever got a confirmation follow-up either. Yeah. So that's the best we have to go on at the moment is that it was construction crew. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So I just hope that when all this is said and done, the poly still looks uh Enough good. like it used to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gone over a lot of changes, obviously, in 40 years. <laughs> almost, yeah. almost 50 years. Yeah, I, I also was thinking about, too, I wonder what they did with when they dismantled the monorail station. Were there people that tried to snag a piece of it somehow? Because <laughs> it I would be cool to have a piece of it. That's true. Yeah, they might have gotten spent, a, even a small piece. Spent a lot of time on that monorail station. Uh, yeah, because speaking of pieces of the poly, back when they used to have rocks out there, still have a, a rock from the poly. <laughs> yeah, we probably... Yeah, yeah I still a smooth have a stone. Few, yeah. Somewhere. I know I have some. Somewhere. Moving along, Disneyland Resort Pass Holders, now known as Legacy Pass Holders, 
discounts will continue, other perks to be announced. So what do we think about this one? I wonder, does it mean Legacy, are they going to get first dibs on whatever the new membership is going to be when the restrictions are died down? Maybe. Since they're marked as Legacy. Well, I mean, it... Let's just, from this article, it says, The Disneyland Resort has just announced that those guests who held a valid annual passport mm-hmm. when the parks closed, yes, the very same ones that are being canceled and refunded, will be known as legacy pass holders. 30% merchandise discounts <laughs> previously announced are still in place, though, through February the 25th. What seems to be new with this announcement after this date is that the standard AP discounts on food and merchandise will continue to be available at downtown Disney and Buena Vista locations. It's unknown what additional perks will be announced for these legacy pass holders or when they will be available. What do we think they're going to do as far as this goes? Do you think it's going to be just more restrictive when it's all said and done? I think what we talked about last time, it's going to be like the flex pass. There will be some days where you have to make a reservation. And there will be some tiers where you'll have blackout days. And there'll be some tiers where there are days where you can go just like a regular little pass holder. I think this will be to control demand and capacity during when they, if they open before, you know, everything's completely open. And it'll also help them control demand post-COVID at Disneyland on the busier days. Right. Because they kind of saw that as a problem anyway. And we're looking at doing something. Right. And if that works, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them at Disney World to have a system where the week of Christmas, the week of Easter, you have to make a park reservation. Yeah. I mean, I think they're prepping as well for what many people are expecting, which is a huge pent-up demand for travel once things are in a better place and less restrictions are in place as well, especially Disneyland. There's got to be a huge amount of pent-up demand for Disneyland because it hasn't been open for so long. And there's so many people that live within walking distance almost of it or very short drive of it. So it's the demand is going to be through the roof. So I think even Disney World is going to see, for another reason, it's 50th anniversary <laughs> is uh, a big reason for once things are back to normal. It's just next year, I think, is going to be just capacity almost every day. It's going to be that much demand, I think. Wouldn't you think? I think so. I think people, yeah, it's going to be It's going to be insane. Yeah, all the time. Like, for the whole year. There you go. So, yeah. That's another reason why they have to be careful for a while, because the demand is going to be there. Makes sense. All right, so this is going to bring us down to probably our most intriguing, exciting news story, I guess, of this past week is the announcement. Many predicted this was coming. Including us. Yeah. Disney to update Jungle Cruise at Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort with new story, cultural sensitivity changes, and apparently it's going to have nothing to do with the new characters, which that was part of what we were shocked about, I think, because we all had kind of joked around with The Rock being you know, involved somehow, but apparently they're not going to do that. Or at least that's what they've claimed at this point. Yeah. Now imagine if Jungle Cruise, the movie becomes a huge hit, then obviously they'll rethink that probably. I think they said they might put some Easter eggs in there, but they're, they're going to try to make it more of a story, right? 
the concept art and the the scenes that they have revealed that they're going to happen uh, you know the chimpanzees on the sunken boat which i think is going to give a whole lot more opportunity for jokes mm-hmm. uh, new jokes new material and then they mentioned you know the scene with the totem pole and the i think they made the characters on there more diverse yeah it's the explorers like the explorers there you go but they're probably going to add something there to make additional jokes rather than the same ones they used to have so i see again i i see these as kind of win-win i, I it, it's not that i thought the jokes were getting stale because each skipper kind of had their own take on the script if you want to call it that they would go off script quite a bit actually recently so I think adding new elements or different elements, even if they're to be a little bit more culturally sensitive, I think the jokes are going to be different and new, and it's going to make it a more exciting attraction anyway. So I'm excited about any changes they're going to make. See, it's funny when you mention that about going off script because yeah. it w- it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that if you dr- – they, they gave them a little bit of freedom, but if you drifted too far off script – long ago that would have been grounds to get you fired <laughs> like 20 yeah. years ago even right it's from, only been not recently doing that, so. hasn't it yeah, yeah. Like recently i've enjoyed it's sort of been refreshing to me but yeah. i think this is just going to breathe new life into their attraction it probably will i mean it's because everybody when something changes i mean they want to see that what the changes are anyway and trying to be a little more culturally sensitive yeah in the attraction right the, about the sinking boat, do you think they'll have some uh, jokes about the boat sinking, the actual boat sinking right, last year? Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a few might poke some references at it, maybe. So what they did is they probably, they just never repaired that boat, and they're actually going to go sink it again. <laughs> right. Put the, <laughs> put the chimpanzees sure. on it. <laughs> yeah. My take is that I'm excited that they are changing it, and it's not going to be the rock. I mean, that's the real summary of it is. Yeah. The, I mean, it's time that they reimagine. It's time that they rethink. But the fact that it's non-IP makes me happier. That's a good, uh, Yeah, it's interesting. This is Chapik era, and as of right now, anyway, they're not adding IP to it. I mean, are they going to throw in, like, Baloo and Bagheera or something? Or, like, are they going to try and throw in? Or is that too old IP? Yeah, I don't think they will. <laughs> Trying to think They'll of just, what IP. I mean, the only IP he's going to do is he's going to put little Disney Plus uh, stickers over everything. So, <laughs> subscribe. I think he's probably trying to shed that image of him, I guess, as far as being nothing but IP. But, I mean, he's definitely been very successful at getting it attached to him. <laughs> yeah. So He also has um, the reputation of cost-cutting to the you know, hundredth degree right. or whatever. Well, he he was placed in a tough spot when he first took this over, so I'm not going to go too hard on him for that part. But, but he was also head of Parks and Resorts during a time yeah. where you saw a lot of cutbacks. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Especially All entertainment right. cutbacks. But anyway. Who needs entertainment? It's not like the parks <laughs> are about entertainment. Yeah, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> You mean there's no uh, entertainment challenge where you do all the shows? <laughs> didn't I think Fire Sheets did something where he did everything in Magic Kingdom one day? So 
Yeah. So including the shows. So I guess that's the closest. Let me go back to Jungle Cruise for a second and that statement they put out about it. Kevin, I was say, we don't have time for you to go all the way to Florida right now. <laughs> sure, let's go back. Remember that, that, so they say as part of the story update, we'll get to follow Skipper and his passengers as they their journey goes awry. And it says, that's right, for the first time ever, the Skipper role will not only be that of a live experienced and witty guide, but also represented by a show figure within the attraction itself. Hmm. What do we think they what? mean by that? An animatronic? Does the skipper, skipper jump out of the boat at some point? Yeah, I'm like, or is this like a great movie ride kind of thing where another right. evil skipper takes over the boat or something for a part of the ride? I don't, I'm confused. Hmm. A villain skipper meets you halfway? Right. <laughs> and or then part of the way through. the end, he tries to steal something and gets turned into a... Disturb the treasure <laughs> of the gods. Right? All pay with your lives. Yeah. Yes. You know, when I got to thinking about that, you know, in Great Movie Ride, you get the guide gets changed in like the third scene. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you, in the third and fourth scenes, pretty much. It's pretty early on. Yeah. Anyway. I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know there's characters in the Jungle Cruise already, but I've never really paid that much attention to who they are, mostly, except for Trader Sam. Maybe it's Trader Sam they're talking about. I don't know. Is Trader Sam going to be your yeah. guide? I can't think of any like any other characters in there that would be named. So it says, it goes on to say that, in fact, the expedition will be up a tree, literally, which I assume they're talking about the... So our boat's going to climb a tree. (laughs) It said literally. Right. Well, it does say literally. After (laughs) their sunken boat splits apart and chimps board the wreckage with monkey business ensuing. Uh, So they're actually going to incorporate the boat sinking into the attraction now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, so is this another boat? Or is your boat supposed to be the one that's sinking? I'm really confused. So like during the ride, the boat's going to (laughs) sink and we have to get out and climb a tree. Yes. And... It'll be taken over by chimpanzees. Ah. That's going to be hard to pull off every, like, eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something's game. going on there. Interesting. We'll definitely be following this story to see how it develops. Well, speaking of attractions that are changing, given that we've got this announcement, what do you think the odds are that, say, Splash Mountain will close before the year is out? Um, I would have said 100% if you asked me... Six months ago, probably. I think because of all these cutbacks, it's going to be a while. Well, they still were thinking, it, before it's completed anyway, somewhere along the lines of 2023. Now, depending on what how much they have to change, it may not take that long. So even if they thought 2023, I mean, the attraction that's going right now could still be used into the 50th, for yeah. sure. So I feel like they're going to make sure they get like Tron open before they shut down another major ride. They need to get Tron open, I think. Right. Well, Magic Kingdom doesn't have really anything else down except for what Transit Authority, right? I mean, the railroad, but it's been down for a while. Well, I think has the riverboat hasn't opened back up yet. Oh, yeah, the riverboat. They refilled the, uh, the river, but I don't think it's open yet. Yeah. But I. I just think Splash, especially in this warmer weather, is always one of the major mountains to do. So I think they need Tron open in order to 
break even yeah, it's on the like trading an e-ticket. Yeah, right, trade e-tickets so that they have time to cuz it's going to be a lengthy refurb to get this changed from what it looks like. Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as long as some would think. I think they could probably do it in like a year truthfully. Yeah, I mean, maybe but, even less, but yeah, it's still a long time to be down, so. Yeah. And they projected probably 2023 that I've heard. Yeah. before it's actually open again. So, I mean, that's to me suggests that it could potentially be open all of this year. Yeah, I think so. So, moving along, with this being our 300th episode, we actually did have a request said would enjoy hearing your first Disney experiences and mm-hmm. what hooked you on Disney. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we can cover that for a little bit, especially being episode 300. Yeah. We may have covered it before a little bit, like maybe yeah. in our early days, but it wouldn't hurt to revisit it. I mean, we don't have Jason's story of what hooked him, but I think we kind of know what hooked Jason. <laughs> well, riding every ride. Correct. <laughs> <No. laughs> well, okay, go ahead, Jason. You share. What exactly do you think it is that hooked you on Disney? So we'll start with the earliest memories, I guess, first. I do remember going down as a kid, riding in my grandfather's van for whatever reason. He had a giant van that he was driving down. The whole family was going, but I rode to my grandfather's van because it was a big van with like a lay-down seat in the back. Anyways, my grandfather, he went to Disneyland either the year it opened or within a year or two of it opening. He went to Disney World the year it opened. He's, He's very proud of that. I just remember pulling onto property. It would have been early 90s very early 90s probably might have been my first visit that i can remember i know i think i went one time in the late 80s but i don't remember that so early 90s and there was like a a bush or something on the side of the road that wasn't perfectly trimmed and he said something to the effect of everything's just really gone downhill ever since walt died you know (laughs) yeah right so i remember that that's one of my first memories of Disney World. I also remember my aunt getting picked to be Lucy in the, the chocolate scene, MGM Studios. So she did get picked Oh, yeah, for superstar television. Yeah, yeah. She, she got picked. But uh, anyways, that's my earliest. But I didn't get really hooked then, right? I didn't go a lot after that. What got me hooked was when I went in, I want to say it was 2016 or 2017. I guess it was 2016. Around Christmas, we were visiting friends in Orlando, and I just went for a day. Took our son, my wife, and I went, and we only went to Magic Kingdom that day. But it was just, we really enjoyed it, had a lot of fun. I figured out the Fast Pass system pretty quickly, so we wrote a whole lot of stuff. And uh, so I said, okay, let's come back. And then we did that trip in October of 2018, I think. Adam, you were yes, there for so. some of it. My, my parents, I stayed at the Kadani Village. That's when I got a bit hooked, because then we started showing up with you on, like, you'd be at our house one weekend and be like, why don't you come with us next weekend? We're already going, and then I'd be booking a place. So hmm. so I think that's what got me. But the thing that really hooked me is that bus ride back from Animal Kingdom when I said, has anybody ever tried to ride everything in one day? And that's that's what did me in. Oh, yeah. It was the question. <laughs> I think we even mentioned that on that episode yep. that I... 192 that I referred yeah, to. Yeah, that bus ride, you know, changed a lot about our Disney experience. Number one, we don't ride the bus anymore. Yeah, I would say that may have been the last time I've been on a bus now. One of the <laughs> last times. I don't uh, take them very often, let's put it that way. I did take it once this last time. 
Yeah. I used to be the big proponent of using Disney's transportation always, but well, I mean, I that, if you remember, that. that's what you didn't like about Coronado originally. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I just drove. And you're like, drive? <laughs> like, well, my, when yeah. I first, right, I, I think it was 2014, I stayed at Coronado and I was in the back section, the very back. So the furthest, and that's like a mile from the front. So and I if, did not enjoy driving that, that much. But, but uh, if you drive yourself, Coronado is actually really easy to get around property from. It right. is, yeah. And again, now I'm totally about that. But again, Grandestino is you just pull right in. It's like right there, right in the entrance. So yeah. you don't have to like drive around the whole perimeter of the resort, which is very large, but. Yeah, well, even Still. let's just say if you're driving yourself, if you're even if you're in the back, I mean, you yeah. can park usually somewhere close to your room, so you're not that far from your vehicle. You can just get in the vehicle right. and go to wherever you want to go. Yeah, and I'm totally like on board with that now. Yeah, that was that's me. Where, so who's next? That's where that's where Jason's love came from. Right. For I was gonna say, don't get me started on the family bathrooms, but <laughs> we're gonna do 300 bathrooms in Walt Disney World. Ready? Let's go. Yeah, oh, the companion bathroom at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are still mad I didn't go tour the bathroom near Ratatouille. So. <laughs> yes. Was there a, was there a companion bathroom over there? I need to know. I don't know. I, didn't look. I think Adam is, is his goal is to like use every companion bathroom on property at some point. Yeah, those are fantastic. If you have kids, yeah, it's the best because everybody you just, can just goes everybody once. just <laughs> pile into and just let them go. Yeah, you don't have to try and keep track of them. And are you going here? Are you going there? You just stick them in there, let them do do what they got to do. Yeah, the, I love the they have one. That's, uh, the one we used that I can remember now from our last trip, I didn't mention it, was the one at, at the Regal Eagle, which you have to walk like a mile from outside the exit to go to the restroom there. But yeah, there was a good, there was a companion one there. That's how that one was set up. So I like the newer ones, obviously, because they're nicer. But the one at Toy Story Land is good. The one at Galaxy's Edge is is good. Over by the Droid Depot area. The the new one at Epcot by the Starbucks where they put the Starbucks at near World near Canada. That's a really good companion bathroom. Anyway. So I, I think what we've established here is that Adam's love yeah. for Disney is be, is now companion restrooms. That's where yeah. it's, that's what it's surrounds. You know what restroom I did use when I was there after you left Adam was the uh, the one. At the Skyliner station by Epcot. That's a very low-used bathroom. That's what I was going to say. I, I have used that one as well. I've, I've used the one at Caribbean Beach. And it's kind of like a companion bathroom because it's an individual bathroom. You can take the whole family. Yeah. yeah. So is that go. what got you into Disney was the bathroom? <laughs> That's what so, I'm beginning to wonder. We can go back. Uh, we can go back. Yeah, why don't we start with your earliest memories, Adam? Well, I have what I would call enhanced memories because we have videotape of yeah. so my you, first trip you have you have some that you probably wouldn't have remembered had it not been for the video <laughs> right and i don't remember personally anything from my first trip because i was like a year old it was 1987 and but i i remember the video like i could quote stuff from the video which john and i probably do from time to time on on these on our episodes uh, we but might have done that, yeah. F- 
But I do remember my second trip, which was 89, when we went to MGM Studios when it opened, or shortly after it opened. I remember parts of the Backlot Tour that I don't think were on tape. Like seeing Herbie. I remember definitely seeing the Herbie. And Catastrophe Canyon is something that's pretty memorable. I do remember that. And... So there's, and I remember eating a Mickey ice cream at Echo Lake. I vividly remember that, which is weird that it, I don't, that might be on tape too, but I it do is. remember actually eating it because I made a huge mess and I remember that. Um, so there's parts of that one I remember. Of course, looking back on that, I have a very fond attachment to Hollywood Studios, even though it's very different from what it used to be when I was a kid, but. That that park in particular is one that I I have a I don't know if what what you want to call it the warm fuzzy feeling every time I walk into Hollywood Studios, especially the main area that hasn't changed much. It's just sort of a relaxing feeling walking in there. So I have an attachment to that park especially, but of course to Epcot and Magic Kingdom as well. One vivid memory I have from I think it was 1992 was the. We rode the trolley and the horse uh, peed when it got to the uh, castle. The horse uh, peed on the on the street, and that <laughs> and was I remember trying to get. Yeah, I was trying to get my dad to record it, and I think he got like a half a second of it on video. Sounds but, about uh, right. Well, our whole vacation <laughs> videos were half a second. He would film, you know, a week long trip in a ninety second of video. But <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that severe. <laughs> I mean, because I have I have some of these clips out on YouTube. Remember, so <laughs> right, that's true. Not that not that particular clip, right? But of course, the Polynesian—that's the only resort I stayed at until I was like a teenager, I think. Like, well, except for that one time at Caribbean Beach, we stayed for a couple of days. But Polynesian was pretty much it, and uh, so I'm very attached, of course, to the Polynesian and the Electric Water Pageant. Yeah, that whole resort area. I have a attachment to Grand Floridian. We would always walk over there when once it was open. We would always ride the monorail and get off at all the resorts, look around and browse. Yeah, been fortunate enough to stay at all of the Magic Kingdom resorts, so it's that whole area is very special. But I, I what was the thing again? The first memory? I think it was how it would be MGM Studios, probably my first memory. Hmm, and what got you me were... hooked is. Just the property itself. I just love being there. Because so. you were three years old? Yeah, I was three. Yeah. And, yeah, a little over three, maybe. Yeah. No. A little over three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's funny. I, I've, I don't have the luxury of video from my earliest trips, obviously. Yeah. Um, my, my technical first trip was about negative six months. Um, so I definitely <laughs> have no memory of that one. But... I was there. <laughs> That's all I know. So I was there in 1978, the year I was born. Now, did you go in 1985 by, by chance? Yes, that was the contemporary yeah. stay. So the I first have this time. theory that I was conceived... At the contemporary? <laughs> no, no. The midi-chlorians of Disney conceived me you think in so? 1985. So you... Are Walt's frozen head? <laughs> I could be. Could be. <laughs> I have this. 
I have this, uh, now it could literally have happened. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go there, but it could have happened. But it could also have been, you know, immaculate, uh, midi chlorian. All I can say is, um, given the living quarters that we had, as far as the rooms and everything, I think that's highly (laughs) unlikely. Um, just saying. So it was the midi chlorians, is what you're saying. I do remember your uh, brother Daniel running around naked as a, what would he have okay. been, a two-year-old at that oh, point. So that was in 85, you stayed the contemporary? Yes. Okay. That was a contemporary stay. Right. I do have memories. That's like the earliest one. I mean, I remembered going prior to that one and obviously staying at the poly. But that's the first one I had more vivid memories of because I was six and I remember things like your dad leaning over the balcony and taking a picture up, like of the room's up, which you probably know would sound something totally like what he would do. When I think back at it now, when I look at how the contemporaries laid out, I was like, leaning over this balcony a little bit, it's really not that big of a deal, because at worst, you would fall down to the next level the way they have it done. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Was that a um, Bay Lake or a <laughs> theme park view? Do you no, it was theme park view. Yeah. Oh, it was. Okay. Uh, we, I could, we could probably go back and find the photos. I remember looking at them before. I haven't gone through the albums in a while, but that's probably my earliest memory is that trip with the contemporary. And obviously we went to both Epcot and Magic Kingdom. I don't have anything specific, though, that stands out as far as what we did in the parks, you know, then. I'm sure we did all the usual stuff, but I don't have any specific park memories tied to that time period. For whatever reason, I remember the contemporary specifically just because I guess it was different than staying at the poly because like over the course of my life gosh the poly's probably been 10 times (laughs) I mean (laughs) yeah as far as the trips go might even be more than that mom loved going obviously and um that was her favorite place and that's what they always booked and you know back in the 80s I mean it was still sub 100 bucks most of the time uh for the early especially the early part of it if you can believe that Polynesian sub 100 dollars a night Right. That was what you got back then. Mm-hmm. If you go back to our Mother's Day episode last year, to whatever, I'd, I'd have to look up what episode number it was, but we we had interviewed each of our moms independently. That's right. And yeah. and we had, I think your mom said back in 72 or whatever it was when they went, the contemporary was like 39 bucks or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cheap when they first opened. Yeah, yeah. so I remember even in... 2001 it was 185 a night or was it 285 it was 185 i remember the discounted rate at the beginning at like the turn of the century was like 199 that i remember seeing yeah. okay but so it was that was in that ball like 200 bucks a night ballpark yeah, that right? was the discounted rate so it was just slightly above that it was probably about 250 normal standard right, if right. i had to guess maybe maybe a little less than that maybe 230 standard at that point in time. That's for a standard room too. I mean, I don't know what the other ones were. I don't remember. But and now it's like five fifty for a discount heavily discounted rate yeah. on a uh, half open resort. Yeah. But you know, as far as what turned me on to it, it's kinda hard to explain. I mean, when you start going I mean, I guess I had the good fortune of my mother particularly, my parents, taking me as a kid, so I mean we got it was always fun and we were excited to go whenever we went, you know. It was usually mm-hmm. You know, during the times I remember, obviously, you know, when you have a larger family, well, I say larger, it gets it gets bigger. You know, you have two kids in our case, and you had three in your family. 
sometimes the trips get spread out a little more. It wasn't every year. It was more like every two years or three years uh, in some of those cases. So right. like that 85 trip, I don't remember going again until 87, which was the time you were talking about, and then 89, 89. was the next one, and then the next one was 92. And that was right. when we stayed at Caribbean Beach yep. back in the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, couldn't even do that because we had to do a split stay. We had to stay two nights at Caribbean Beach and two nights at the Poly. Had to involve the yep. Poly. Because <laughs> I remember going yeah. from the Poly and being like, ah, oh, we're finally home. This is great. Oh, yeah. So you do remember yeah. doing that. Okay. Yes. I remember like, oh, we're finally here at the Poly. Yeah. Back and home. for whatever reason, our, and the studios, right? You know, we went to when it first opened in 1989. I actually remember that quite well. I remember looking at the stunt show. Whenever it was yeah, not technically open yet, yeah. yeah, me and we were watching them rehearsals. do the rehearsals for, through the gate, mm-hmm. through the fence, kind of like over to the side. There was what, like five things open at the studios. It was not much. Superstar Television, that which we mentioned earlier. You had the Monster Sound Show. You had the Magic of Disney Animation. The Great Movie Ride was the big ticket, and then of course the Backlot Tour. That's the five things. The, yeah. you know, as far as rides go, it was really just two rides. I guess, yeah. I mean, they were all considered to be attractions. So, yeah, if you're talking about I had to sit down and ride in something, you would only have the Great Movie Ride and the Backlot Tour, Backlot. I guess, mm-hmm. as far as stuff that moved. Well, it was intended to be a studio when it first opened. That's, that was the idea. And, of course, Catastrophe Canyon being one of the featured things. But that Backlot Tour, you know, it was a combination tram tour and walking tour, and it was like two hours of torture or something it seemed like i mean it was it was interesting don't get me wrong but for a kid yeah. it was long <laughs> yeah it, i'm pretty sure i fell asleep on the backlog tour yeah at your age i mean i imagine so yeah. but i mean i just remember being really long that reminds me of something i don't think i mentioned this last episode when we talked about the vib tour guide but we were in line for slinky probably the second time i think it was the second time I was chatting with him, and he was telling me about the Hidden Mickey, which I think we all know the Hidden Mickey on the back wall of the loading area of Slinky Dog in the clouds. But he was like, do you know why it's there? And I was like, I'm going to guess because this is where the Earful Tower used to be. And he's like, that's exactly right. The Earful Tower sat where the loading area of Slinky Dog Dash currently sits and yeah. I didn't even think about it, but on the map that Andy drew, you know, there's a water tower as well underneath the cloud where the hidden Mickey is. So uh, I was like, oh, the, I didn't even, I was like, there's a tower. I didn't even notice the water tower, but hmm. it's a little nod to the earful tower. Yeah. So that also means if it's sitting there, then not too far from there, I guess, where the launch would be is where you would turn into the that sound stage or whatever <laughs> where you had the props yeah. and everything that's about is about where the launch is <laughs> yep that's exactly what he said too he said yeah, yeah this was the where we're standing is like where the where you would go through that building with all the yeah. props and stuff though yeah because anyway. I, I mean just remembering the old route anyway that's how it would have yep. gone yeah yep. it, got, it got shortened over the years obviously by lights motors action that that shortened it a pretty good bit in itself yeah. it was practically not even a tour at that point yeah you can still get a tour <laughs> you can still still get a different kind of a tour yeah the kind, the kind that's not included in the price of a regular admission <laughs> yeah what really got me though 
to probably want to go more often as an adult was actually just going as an adult, even though I went with my family. I mean, that was some of the funnest trips was going with my family when I was able to pay my own way and pay stuff like that. Those were some of the funnest trips that I, cause we did a little bit of everything, you know, at that point in time. So to me, those were some of the funnest trips. So from the, let's just say the time period of 1999 through 2002 went every year, right? And then skipped a couple of years and went back in 2005. And then skipped a couple more years and went back in like 07 or 08 and pretty much have done something Disney-related every year since then. Yeah. But the only time I didn't do something in Walt Disney World was actually in 2012. I went to Disneyland and did the Eastern Caribbean cruise in 2012. That's the only year out of that time period in which I didn't go to specifically to Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. except for the year that Livy was born. That's that's other than that, we've right. gone to Walt Disney World every year. every every other year, yeah. Outside yeah. of that, and the thing to me is, people would think like, "Oh, you're going again," but the way I would explain it best is, yeah, there's stuff you do there that's you've done before and stuff right. that you enjoy doing, but. I can honestly say that no one trip is ever the same, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it's always different, especially if you choose to stay at a different place. It's always different, and I think that's one of the things that also keeps people coming back is, yep. yeah, you see some of the same things that you repeat, but the experience in itself is pretty much different every time I've gone. There's always something new to do. Or there's always something you haven't done that was already mm-hmm. is already there. A new restaurant, new attractions, new new things to see and do, or something yeah. that's been refurbished and reopened or changed a little bit. There's always something to see that's new, or a new festival, or... I yeah. mean, I've gone just for that, you know. And, you know, I remember when we went in the 2000, you know, they were doing the whole Millennium. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first year they had Reflections of Earth. That was the first time, let's see, I think we, we went, we did the whole drive at night thing. And that morning, what did we, I, th- I want to say that first day, actually, we what we did was we went to Disney Quest for the first part of the day. And I think maybe Magic Kingdom in the evening. That was the only time, well, no, I went to Disney Quest the next year as well, whenever I yep. went with you guys. I, yep, I remember doing Yeah, that. I think that was, unfortunately, the last time as well was 2001. I don't think we did it again after that. Hmm. But it was always well, included in the ticket too. that we bought, usually. You know, the type yeah. ticket that we bought. Yeah, that's a testament to Disney Quest, <laughs> why it didn't yeah. really work. Well, I mean, it was, Over you time. know, you had to get, you had to pay more for the option that included it. I can't remember how the ticket tiers went back then. Now it's been so long. Right. But, um, you know, I always kind of enjoyed Disney Quest to a, to a degree. I mean, there was not a ton of attractions that were really... Um, worth it the one that stands out the most for still to me was that battle for buccaneer gold was always the funnest one to me the pirates one if you remember that one mm-hmm. yeah that was yeah. fun well we we could talk all day about this, yeah if we did that <laughs> we could make an episode <laughs> probably out of yeah. that i think but, we did do one on disney quest by the way back in the day yeah but i was gonna say what keeps us going back now today i just can't get enough of it i guess so <laughs> There's yeah. a lot about Disney that keeps me coming back. I mean, 
down to the engineering, the operational efficiency, the fact that there's always something new to do, the fact that we know how to do it so well, mm -hmm. the attention to detail, it's fun for the whole family. The yeah. attention to detail has always been one of my favorite aspects because it hints, say for instance, still I still claim Tower of Terror as my favorite Hollywood Studios attraction. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons is the attention to detail. <laughs> it's an experience. It's not just the drop tower, you know. Right. Yeah. Because they could have just done like a primeval world <laughs> and done a uh, off-the-shelf drop tower, but of course they didn't. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an example of an attention to detail uh, is how that storyline even goes. I mean, I just love that they have a storyline. You know, even when they didn't went with a. Yeah high-speed coaster they it's not a coaster you're in a limo heading to a rock concert you know i mean <laughs> that sort of thing you're traveling through right. space if you're on space mountain you're on a runaway mine train if you're on big thunder mountain i mean it's never none of it's cookie cutter right well i mean yeah. if or you were to break it all show. down and looked at the track there's probably something out there similar but the surroundings and everything that they include in this is just different than anyone else does even when it comes to something like that. I would say what got me interested in it as a kid was going at a young age, obviously, and then going as a young adult where I could kind of do whatever I wanted and break away and do my own thing was kind of fun too. But once I had my own kids and you bring them and you sort of relive things through their eyes, that's right. that's what keeps me going back for sure is being able to experience things that I experienced as a kid with my kids. It's really cool to see them light up and really enjoy something. And, you know, in, in my son's case, you know, I, I was the kid that was not very bold at <laughs> riding things, but to see him sort of come out of his shell a little bit and, and ride things that are, you know, a little more intense now that he's seven, you know, it's kind of cool to see, him progress in that way as well so it's just cool there's all kinds of things i could talk about and, and my youngest too is he's more of the thrill seeker so he loves all the different attractions but he also small world is his favorite and as soon as we got home last uh trip the uh, first thing he said was hey we forgot to do it's a small world <laughs> we have to go back so it's just kind of funny to to see that they are attached to it as well. so Right, yeah. Having them experience things that, in some yeah. cases, you experience. In some cases, those things aren't there anymore. <laughs> right. But, but in um, some cases, they're there, but slightly different or whatever. But Yeah, yeah I, I haven't uh, quite gotten Maddie into uh, the coasters yet. Yeah. I it think she's starting to get warm up to Aiden it a little time. bit. Yeah, takes time, I think, because it took, it took Aiden quite a bit of time to get used to it well i mean i got to thinking about it I, there's no way i was riding any kind of a coaster at, at five or six years old me personally i mean i think it was probably yeah. i was probably like on up to 10 before i did so right yeah i have to remind myself too i was yeah i didn't i don't think i rose space mountain until i was probably 10 or 12 all right well i think that pretty much anyway. wraps yeah. this show up i think we covered that rather well well we haven't gotten a 300 bathrooms yet Oh, okay. Yeah, I well. mentioned three, I think. Uh, we've got 297 to go. 
Okay, let's see. There, we know we're definitely familiar with some, just about every bathroom at the Poly. I don't see how I couldn't be. I don't think I've missed one at the Poly. Well, I mean, if there's not 300 bathrooms, we're gonna have to go stall by stall and talk about our favorite stalls. <laughs> well, every hotel room has a bathroom. We could just go with that. You know? uh, yeah. The bathroom at well, since they Hull, look similar. At, <laughs> at room 636 at Coronado's <laughs> Grand Destino, it's a great bathroom. Actually, though, the my favorite bathroom on property for the longest time I can't go to anymore, and that was the men's room at the baby care center at Epcot. I don't really have a, a baby anymore to take into the baby care center, so it'd be a little weird for me to just go in there by myself to use the, yeah, the men's I, room. But, yeah. but that when we did have a young like babies. <laughs> Be like, excuse was, me, can uh, I borrow your baby for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I, what I was going to say is that men's room is probably the least used men's room on property because um, it's uh, very few men in there, typically. Oh, so that's what you like about it. <laughs> yeah, it's clean. That's what I was going to say. It's the cleanest bathroom I've seen. So I would always take my older son in there and we would use that bathroom. Nice. It's great. But anyway. That's uh, two ninety six to go. So yeah, let me say we we spent entirely too much time in this episode talking on bathrooms. It might feel like we've done three hundred because that <laughs> does come up come up quite a quite a good bit. Maybe we talk for three hundred seconds about bathrooms. I think there's actually is like YouTube videos and stuff out there about bathrooms. Yeah. I could be wrong. Well, we could do a whole episode on bathrooms because yeah. I I have my favorites and I know you said you have yours. <laughs> There's, there's definitely I, I just, ones that are better. I've had some that I've probably frequented, but I just, I guess it's just because it just happened to be that's where I always <laughs> tend to need to go to the bathroom, I guess, in the same yeah. points almost. So. You can always tell the old ones. You know what one that I went to that I was shocked by? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know the uh, the area between the UK Pavilion and Canada Pavilion that, that uh, at Epcot, the... International Gateway? <laughs> no, the between Canada and oh, UK. Oh, I'm sorry. That, yeah, that's the other that side. Festival, the that event center. What, what do you call it? What's it normally called? It's like a giant tent or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's anyway. between the UK and Canada? Yeah. It's right before you get to Canada okay. and right past UK. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like long... Anyway. I guess I didn't even know there's a bathroom there. Yeah, I didn't either. I was we were there and they had a f- couple of food booths in there for the Festival of the Arts and I was like, "Oh, oh, there is a bathroom." So I went in there and that is a gigantic bathroom. <laughs> I was like, "This is way bigger than I was expecting." Yeah, so huge bathroom if you're looking for space. So is there a use every bathroom in one day challenge? <laughs> At the parks, yeah, you probably could, yeah. Wow. Well, every would you have to do every stall or just every bathroom? <laughs> Sounds like sounds tough. like something you're interested in. It sounds like your passion <laughs> is the bathrooms. You have to have a lot of water. I mean, we were wrapping up this episode, and I think we've got an extra three minutes on the bathrooms. <laughs> I'm gonna say, if, if this is a challenge, how do you prove this? How do you how do you take the photo? <laughs> Just curious. Oh, well, you don't do a photo. Yeah, that would not be good. Yeah, this is not a good idea. Never I mind. I mean, you know, pulling out a camera in the bathroom, you're likely to get beat up at some point. <laughs> Well, you'd be banned, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Once somebody saw you. Yeah. 
have okay. the have the custodial worker in the background. Ah. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway. All right. I think I'm done now. <laughs> You're done. Good. Okay. Well, I'm going to save my comment about bathrooms until after we do the post show. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Look, listen for the post roll. All right. So, I think we're wrapping this episode up. It's been a good 300. We didn't go as long as usual by a little bit, but that's a good thing probably. Yes. <laughs> if you would like to find us on social media, you can do so by going to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That is all at TWTM Podcast. As I mentioned earlier, we have a Spreadshirt store with our exclusive TWTM merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com. And as I alluded to, I think, if I remember what I said earlier in the show about the YouTube channel, about how we have some videos out there, we do have a YouTube channel with some of that classic footage that of some of the things we were talking about, uh, mostly what I have out there. I, I have a video that I'm kind of surprised that got has gotten a good bit of attention and people talking about it was the Journey into Imagination video that I did from 94. A lot of people said it was a good quality and stuff like that. I guess these are particularly imagination fans. But when they I got to looking at it, I'm like, you know, it's decent quality, especially considering the time frame. Right. You know, you can go there and check out stuff like that. All right. So, Adam, where can they find us elsewhere? On our website, which is travelingwiththemouse.com. We have an email address, which is podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. And don't forget our giveaway, travelingwiththemouse.com slash giveaway. And you can enter to win our giveaway. <laughs> so, how many times are you going to say giveaway? Well, so we've, giveaway, so we've giveaway, heard giveaway. at least about 13 bathrooms, so it's yeah. done now. <laughs> They'll remember bathrooms. Maybe I should have made it travelingwiththemouse.com slash bathrooms. All right. So, for Adam, Jason, this is John. Uh, this has been Traveling with the Mouse. And we hope you will join us on our next trip. bathrooms what was your bathroom comment no i was actually saying the bathrooms that i really like always enjoyed like going to different ones in just to like check them out was actually on the cruise ship adam you would enjoy the bathrooms on the cruise ship i'm just saying you know where i think we should talk about bathrooms going forward is is the bathrooms that aren't actually bathrooms like i like going to the little room in the liberty square riverboat to use the bathroom <laughs> 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 okay.